It is good to be back, and yes, welcome once again to the Dragoon's Lair podcast. I am the Blue Dragoon himself, Daniel the Dragon, and I brought back a very special guest this time. You know what, Mike ain't here, and I said, you know what, while he's pretending to be a 10-year-old, not much of a stretch. That's right, you can hear him in the background. I brought in the one, the only, everybody's favorite temporary co-host, Jimmy. I'm back. <laughs> That's right. We brought Jimmy back. Everybody enjoyed the Jimmy episode. Yes, they did. Everybody likes a little Jimmy. There's always room for Jimmy. <laughs> so, Jimmy and I, we were having a discussion earlier, and I thought this was a great idea to have for the show, which has really been the change and the evolution of the way we watch television. And with starting off with the way we oh we everybody did back in the day, which was the regular sitcom. What was that? The three camera, basically three camera setup pioneered by Lucy Des Productions and Mary Tyler Moore, where they really got those productions going back in the day. <laughs> yeah. So there's been a lot of change going on, and with the writer strike, you know, we it should be an interesting topic to discuss because talking about how things have changed and since our last writer strike, which was 2007. Yep, and FanDuel's got this odds at, what is it, 102 days? Oh, boy. Here yeah. we go. Yeah, the last strike was how many days? 100. So 100 days. This strike seems to be going a little more, but it makes sense because, I mean, let's face it, this is more of a different kind of contract negotiation. Although, I will, because there's more things that they're asking for, because the getting the rights for streaming platforms mm -hmm. for royalties and stuff is very important. It affects not only the writers but the actors, the directors. So, and I mean, let's face it: the last writer strike destroyed an entire popular TV franchise. And I don't know if you remember, you know exactly what show I'm talking about. I'm trying to remember. Refresh me, my man. Heroes. Oh yes. Yeah, Heroes was you. Can, Bring the mic up a little closer. But yeah, Heroes was that show that the second season, there were so many plot threads that they just dropped them because they didn't want to just say, let's stop and come back. You figure they sent, he, what was it? Peter went to the future, had the girl that was with him, and then it's like she got left in the future. He comes back to the past. They were, Suresh was turning into like this giant bug, which I will say... Kind of interesting to see that the same actor, if I'm not mistaken, shows up in The Flash as Bloodworks. Yeah. So, I mean, this writer strike has really changed things up. Well, you, like we said, like we were discussing before, the writer's strike, I mean, you've had, you, you're looking at the writer's strike. Next thing you're going to look at is Screen Actors Guild is going. Yep. They're ready to unite with them, and it's tough. And. I don't know if people realize this and know this, but Marvel's already starting to film Deadpool 3, and they're starting to film Captain America New World Order. Oof. See, now, Deadpool 3 being filmed, I think, is a huge mistake. I think I mentioned this on a previous episode, but Ryan Reynolds is kind of a contributing writer, even though he may not be part of the guild, but all the ad-libbing that he does... As Deadpool, those ad-libs end up in the final script. Mm -hmm. So 
because of the ad-libbing and stuff being added to the script, this is going to probably hurt the production. And I hate to say it, but if what same time frame, Wolverine Origins was where we got the horrible Deadpool where they covered his mouth and it wasn't even Ryan Reynolds at that point nope. because they didn't have a script. And we can't have that for Deadpool 3. No. You know, the studios need to seriously take a look at the value and the importance of the writers. They've kind of almost slapped the writers in the face by doing a deal with the Directors Guild. And the directors deserve a good deal too, but at the same time, if it wasn't for the writers, what are the directors directing? What are the actors using for these portrayals? Exactly. So, I mean, Jonathan Majors, we've discussed it a bit on this show from time to time, yeah. and I mean, his portrayal of Kang has been amazing. I don't know if the allegations and stuff are true. It's not like this stuff has gone to trial, so I don't want to make prejudgments. If, no, it, if it's true, it's, it's horrible, and Marvel made a mistake throwing all their eggs in one basket this time around. Well, they, there's rumors going around that if all this... All these little allegations go true. They already have lined up John Boyega. Which, that could be interesting. I mean, the good thing is you technically can recast Kang because there's mm -hmm. so many variants. And I mean, yes, we saw a bunch of the different variants and stuff at the end of, what was it, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. And I mean, we saw a bunch of them, but we know there's another version of them that's in the younger version in the comics that becomes Iron Lad. Iron Lad, Rama Tut. Yeah, so there's a bunch of them. I mean, we technically saw Rama Tut a little bit when they were doing the Council of Kangs. And plus Loki. Yeah, Loki Season 2 is going to be the real test of what they're going to do moving forward with Jonathan Majors. I thought Kang was a good choice for a villain, yeah. although I would have liked to have seen a threat that could last longer throughout the phases, which I think a lot of people were hoping for Doctor Doom. A lot of people were also hoping that Robert, uh, what do you call was going to come back? Robert Downey. Yeah. It, but if you now if you look at the date, Marvel changes a lot of their scripts. A lot of people don't realize that. A lot of these directors change their scripts and everything. We've discussed that numerously, even with the, the Dark Knight franchise. Yep. How the Dark Knight Rises was three books. Yeah, was three books. Now you look at the Marvel franchises and everything, Phase 2, 3, how they had to adjust everything, like, for example, Civil War. Civil War had, what was it, 10 characters at least? Yeah, there were, Civil War spanned a lot of the comics at the time. The trade paperback is available if anyone really wants to look. Then, granted, yes, there are two Civil Wars, but we're talking yeah. the first one, which was Captain America versus Iron Man, as opposed to the Captain America and Captain Marvel, really. No, no actually, what was it? it was Iron Man, Captain Marvel. Iron Man and Captain Marvel? Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, I mean, we still have Captain Marvel, but I don't think we should rehash a, that Civil War no. again for... Someone was telling me they read the uh, Secret Wars, speaking of which, and they're like, yeah, I read the Secret Wars. I thought it was the worst thing I read. And I'm like, wait a minute. 
what Secret Wars did you read? Yeah. And then they put up the picture of the latest one. I'm like, you're saying that's bad. You didn't read the original. Oh, jeez. I mean, there's Secret, it goes Secret Wars, Secret Wars 2. Then there was a Secret War. Yep. And then it does the Secret Wars again. Yeah, it's a little wonky because they, mm-hmm. Secret Wars, Marvel's kind of like soft reboots and like restarts. You know, they've had like all these events, but I think Battle World was really like a big like Kickstarter, which I still think like Doctor Doom would have been the perfect villain to continue on because bringing him in, especially because I mean, we know the Fantastic Four is coming in. Yeah. And I mean, we've already seen. What was it? Neymar and his... What was it? How did they refer to Atlantis at that point? Atlantis? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I always wonder because I always get confused because now we have Aquaman with his version of Atlantis. It, you know, so, I mean, when we say it with Marvel, though, it really is like we have Neymar's Atlanteans. We have Wakanda. I don't understand why we don't have New Latveria. I mean, and you could have it where he's taken over and you don't have to go into the detail, but I mean, hell, in the comics, they've already said because he uses magic and technology, he's up there with the Sorcerer Supreme himself. Now, are we talking about Wong or are we talking about Dr. Doctor Strange? Dr. Strange. Aha. 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 <laughs> yeah, now it's... But now everybody also forgets... And it's funny you mentioned it, but if you watched Avengers Endgame, kind of, sort of, in crazy ways, Atlantis was dropped in, and it was a future plot. Yeah, but, but they there is, like, now, because of Eternals, you yeah. figure this is how they're going to... It looks like this might be their... Rumors are saying like that you got a giant like what what is it, celestial like celestial. sticking up straight out of the ocean. No one's addressed it, but the celestial is pretty much made of adamantium. Oh wait a minute, the celestial was addressed in She-Hulk. Yeah, little bit. But did you also know that what was it? The um, they addressed the wrecking crew to a little bit of a point. In She-Hulk. In She-Hulk. Yeah. But they just like, they show it and it's like, what happened? I feel, listen, I feel like She-Hulk got a bad rap. It was a good, fun show. It didn't need to be the ultra serious tone. I think like we needed like these different ventures, especially when we're going into the realm of like the episodic series I mean, we've seen Netflix where Netflix shows have been, like, predominantly very dark, very gritty when we had the Netflix Marvel shows. Yeah. I mean, when it was on ABC, it was a little, like, it was more lighthearted. It felt more in tune with everything, but it didn't mesh with the overall, like, world that the cinematic universe was going in. It was trying to. It tried to. But it never really crossed over, so it was never addressing certain things. I mean, granted, yes, they did address, like, when Hydra took over. They addressed the Hydra issue, plus they also addressed the Thor issue. A little bit, but that was early on. 
when they were still even trying. They didn't even bother making an effort when it no. came to like some of the other stuff. They like gave up. And let's face it, they because the Marvel like the Disney Marvel merger with Fox hadn't taken place yet, we still had to sit through <laughs> Oh god, the Inhumans. It it does make me laugh. It was it was pretty bad. But they still brought him back. Yeah. They brought him back, but they brought him back on an alternate world, Earth, yep. where it was like dealing with an incursion. So, I although the one thing that does kind of confuse me, though, is how they've now designated the movie universe as 616, which has been the main Marvel continuity mm -hmm. in the comics as 616. So... So what do you call the the animated Sony version? Yeah, which <laughs> I don't know. Did you see into across the Spider Verse? No, not yet. I saw it, and I have to say it was very interesting. Now I'm not. I don't want to spoil it for you, mm -hmm. but it is a cliffhanger, so it, yeah. you know there's going to be another part. Oh, thank heavens! But they Good. do mix in when you're seeing because you so you we've seen the art style from Into the Spider Verse, mm -hmm. and they kind of continue that on. But when you're in, like, the different universes, you see, like, different art styles for the different Spider-Men. But you actually do get a couple of the live-action stuff. So there are, like, you're seeing some of the things addressed. But you see, like, the live-action people. And they, they do make a quick stop into the Venom universe. Hey, why not? No, not yeah. showing Venom, but you know who it is. You know where you're at because they made sure they used the recurring character so it works for what it is. And I am looking forward to the next one. Although I was a little disappointed because one of my favorite versions of Spider-Man is there. But they made him really angsty and overdramatic. $20.99? No, Ben Riley, oh, The okay. Scarlet the spider. spider. Yeah, went from the Clone Saga. So I'm talking yes. with the hoodie and like, mm -hmm. the, bra the, like the bracers. Yes. like. That is one of my... I love that costume. And, like, Ben Riley was kind of a cool Spider-Man. But it was just, like, you see him in the movie, and he's, like... At one point, he's, like, angsty and, ugh. Oh. I'm starting to get used to the uh, Spider-Punk as I see him in the game. Oh, yeah. Spider-Punk is cool. It's, you know... But this is one of those things where it's, like... I think this one almost explains multiverse theory in a little bit of a better thing than kind of how Marvel's been doing it. So, I mean, it's cool to see, and it's great to see these other Spider-Men. It, it'll it be interesting, though, moving forward, because I read the, an article that said Tom Holland was having some health, mental health, health issues, issues, so he's stepping away from being Spider-Man. So, I mean, technically, you can replace him at this point and pick up where you left off, mostly because no one remembers who Peter Parker is. Exactly. Might want to. Closer. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So it's one of those moments where it's like you they have options of things that can be done. I mean, Tom Holland was an amazing version of Spider-Man. I still love the amazing Spider-Man of Andrew Garfield. Garfield. Garfield, I was like, I think he hit me in a little bit more of a better spot, although Tobey Maguire really was like, the first like live action Spider-Man that I could get behind and like the origin story 
was almost spot on. But then it, like, started to veer off in areas where I really wanted Gwen first. There's something about Gwen Stacy, and I know the late Stanley had said it. The greatest love of Spider-Man and Peter Parker's life was not Mary Jane. No, it's it actually Gwen, Gwen Stacy. And we all know that. We all know everybody who's made the small budget films. They show yep. that. Yeah, Gwen Stacy has. It's like her death was more impactful. It was just as impactful as Uncle Ben's. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to the Spider-Man mythology, it you know. But when we look at the sitcoms, going back to that, you figure we went from the traditional cameras. They didn't, like, MASH wasn't really your traditional, like, multi-cam. No. Because they had to be more mobile. Mm-hmm. And we got more, we got most of the shows throughout the 80s stuck to the multi-cam format and stuff. Even though some of the shows were a little weird. Mm-hmm. But they were very innovative. I mean, when you look back at something like Matt, like, you go from MASH. At which was one camera at times, a lot of steady cam work and stuff. But then it was like, oh, all in the family, multi-cam, go into the 80s and you get stuff like ALF and Family Ties and Growing Pains. These were shows that were multi-camera shoots, you know, they in front of a live studio audience at times. And then we moved into like the late 80s, early 90s. Things changed up a little bit, but they still kind of stayed relatively the same because you were getting stuff like Married with Children, which for the most part, it was really steady cam work. But then that all kind of changed as we moved into the 90s more when we, what was it? Seinfeld wasn't your traditional multi-camera show. No. And then I think it was, what was it? The one that really changed it all, would you say Modern Family? Yes, because Modern Family, The Office, was all like, it's a reality series. Yeah, they made, those shows felt more like a reality show Same in their stylization. Elementary. Yep. I haven't watched Abbott Elementary, so I wouldn't oh, that's know. It. That's funny. You know, there, there, there's so many shows to try to keep up with and everything. And, I mean, things are coming on one streaming platform and leaving another, so it starts becoming, like, a little mm-hmm. bit hectic when you're trying to, like, what does X, Y, and Z, which do I watch, which do I don't, you know, and the writer strike is one of those things where what are we watching, what are we not watching, because shows are coming off the air. I mean, they've already announced that Superman and Lois is going to end on a cliffhanger, and I don't know how I feel about that, because Legends ended on a cliffhanger, and I love the Legends of Tomorrow. And now Legends, it's like, there's no final resolution. See, what they should have did is, people should, like they did for the DC, remember when there was the DC Universe, DC had their own channel? Yep. They had Titans, they had Swamp And that went right to HBO Max, now Max. That's what people should do. What happened when Family Guy went off? Everybody got ticked. And it came, but it was on Cartoon Network. Yeah. And then from there, people were like, listen, you it was the D- the DVD sales and stuff. But the problem mm-hmm. is, it's harder to do that nowadays because physical media is not as much of a thing. And that's really a shame because these companies, like, and Max has proven 
that this is something that can and will happen. The shows will just disappear. That's what you don't want to do with shows. Yeah, no. The shows, we don't want to see them disappear. We want them to continue on and, like, actually have a lasting legacy. You want them to come at least to Pluto TV, Tubi, Freevee, which is also, which is a funny thing. Because if you get Freevee, and you can also watch it on Prime. Yeah. Which, so if you have Prime on an app, you're like, hey, wait a minute. I was just watching the jury duty on Freevee. Now I can watch it on Prime. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's, a, you know, Freevee. I tried downloading it originally, and it didn't work in the country. It's only now finally starting to work mm-hmm. in the U.S., but it is connected. And that's one of these things like Hulu and Amazon. They have interconnected where you can go through mm-hmm. one app to the next and you'll be able to see the stuff as long as you're paying for it. I mean, that's what Disney is supposedly doing with Disney and Hulu, where if you're on Disney Plus and you're paying for both, you'll be able to have access to the Hulu stuff without having to switch apps. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a great idea, but I'm, I swear to God, this is really cable with extra steps. Well... You know what happened with Max is Max is HBO Max and Discovery Plus. Yep. But the funny thing HBO is HBO was the problem. <laughs> yeah, I know. But the thing is this. If you just started getting it now, yep. you're getting commercials. You're premium. Yeah, if, if you just started, you have to pay more money to ditch the commercials. Mm-hmm. If you're a legacy like I am, same. Yeah, you get it. You're still getting it for like 15, 16 bucks a month without commercials. But Otherwise, you, you would have to spend, what is it, like over 20 something bucks? Yeah, about nineteen ninety nine, I think. Yeah, like 20 Plus bucks tax. a month. Yeah, which, I'm like, seriously? But I get mine even through Spectrum because I get the HBO. Yeah. So, which was good, which I wanted. Because this is when King Kong vs. Godzilla came out. So I wanted to get to see it and everything. And. That's how I got my HBO Max. And I believe next year is the sequel. Mm-hmm. Kong and Godzilla. Yeah, King Kong, Godzilla and King Kong. I was just watching on Max since they merged everything. They just had the uh, the Jared Fogelman documentary. Oh God! <laughs> listen, it's sub. Listen, the motto is Subway Eat Fresh, not Jared Touch Teens. He, it wasn't teens. It was kids. Yeah. That was disgusting. Yeah, that that was a horrible thing. I, I'd like to, like, leave that in, like, the dumpster fire that it was at the time. Believe me, I stopped, I stopped going to Subway because of him. Yeah. I thought you would have stopped going to Subway because it's not real bread. Not too. <laughs> it's mostly sugar. <laughs> no, I actually was, t- was getting the wraps more. Yeah. I mean, like, Subway's had its issues, but mm. one thing that I will always give Subway credit for was being a sponsor of Chuck and keeping Chuck going mm-hmm. because that show was on the chopping block far too much and it was it still is a phenomenal show which is available on Max <laughs> not a paid advertisement folks just no. pointing it out <laughs> that's the thing it's like if there's something that I know it, Happy Gilmore kept yeah was in uh had Subway in it. Yeah, so, I mean, they have advertisements, and that's the thing. Like, old shows didn't really go and do Product what... placement. Which is what it's in every show now. If, Actually... For well, the most part. Yeah, well, you'll laugh. I was watching one of the food networks. 
shows, and they had stuff blotched out. Really? Like, so yeah. they didn't have the product placement for it? Like the Charitos, the sodas? Yeah. They were, they had to use it in a task on one of the baking shows. But they were they covered the label? They covered the label. Well, yeah. I mean, when I you, mean, it's like... I mean, if you go back and you look, and I'll use Boy Meets World, prime mm-hmm. example. They had boxes of like cereal and stuff that were on that were seen that they're mock-ups, they're fake. It's not the right soda cans. Like they change things up because nobody wants to pay for the product to show up and stuff. And I can understand that because it can get expensive for a show, especially if they don't have the product tie-ins. But you go and you take a look nowadays. All of a sudden, it's like you're literally seeing cans of Coke or Pepsi in the show as the product placement. It's right there. Remember, when it, when you were a kid, you are watching Sanford and Son mm. and all these other adult shows. A little the before beer, my time, but yeah. The beer cans were either red and white or blue and white. Yeah. I always remember that. Yeah, they, the beer cans, I mean, like, they kinda, yeah, they, they kind of covered them up. Like, they had fake beer cans mm-hmm. and stuff for Married with Children. They put different labels on the cans and everything. So, it it's one of those things with product placement. And I will remember that back in college, the one of the professors did a class where one of the lectures was about product placement yep. in movies. And I don't know if you were in that class or not. Fight Club. Yep. Fight Club, but showed us a clip from Josie and the Pussycats. Because that movie was nothing but product placement. Mm-hmm. So was uh, Talladega Nights. Didn't see it. Oh, I don't really find Will Ferrell funny. He is tacky. I it was just I just want to see John C. Riley. He's funny at times. Yeah. And I want to see what the hype was with him and he had. I'm coming to get you, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> see, that's the thing. Like because I'm not a fan, I mm-hmm. don't go out yeah. and actively look to watch. I I saw it on. I think it was. I borrowed it from somebody or something back in the day when you got the $5, $5 bootleg, $5. Yeah, the pe- people walking around, $5 with mm-hmm. the bootleg. Now, nowadays, that kind of doesn't seem like such a bad idea to get your hands on stuff because when things disappear and you never see them. You know, mm-hmm. what was it? I found out that it was piratable to watch because someone released the Scooby-Doo and Crypto movie. Yeah. So that just goes to show, like, stuff is... You know, I would love to see the Batgirl movie. But oh, it's wouldn't? like, you know, it it's a shame because I have to go see The Flash to see Michael Keaton back as Batman when I could have seen Michael Keaton as Batman mentoring Batgirl and having Firefly being portrayed by Brendan Fraser. Like, that to me just sounded like a dream cast. And it's like, you, you took my dream. Did you hear John Cusick's doing, speaking of acting and all that, did you hear that John Cusick's doing a tour? Um, He's coming to Jersey. He's going to do High Fidelity. What, on stage? N.J. Pack. They're going to do orchestra, and then they're going to show the film, and he's going to do Q&A. Oh, okay. He's going to be in Podshock. He's doing Say Anything. He's doing a few, few of his other movies. But and all around the country and everything, so they have orchestra and that. I looked at it, I was like, wow, that's pretty good. Oh, yeah. There, there's something about John Cusack movies. He's very charming. 
he makes a character that may not be so likable, likable. Mm -hmm. Because when you look back at High Fidelity, he really isn't a likable guy. He kind of brings most of this on himself in the movie because it's like he's obsessing, thinking his girlfriend's cheating on her just so he ends up cheating. But she's going and she's screwing around too. So it's like, but it's like, it's a very unstable, unhealthy relationship. But because it's John Cusack and you have Jack Black in there, it becomes something that you're like, you know what? He's charming enough that you overlook like some of the faults. Did you see the Zoe Kravitz TV show of it? No, I did not see that. I meant to, and I it I think it got lost in the shuffle. It's it's still like on my list because it's on what is it on um who on Hulu? Yeah, yeah. So as long as it's still there, I I should be able to watch it. You know, writer strike is a perfect time mm-hmm. to be able to catch up on some of this stuff. Although I mean, I've been watching Letterkenny, but I was watching Suits on Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. I. It's nine seasons. I'm in season eight. And earlier on in the week, I saw it was like 11 days left before it leaves Prime. I'm like, no, I got to get through this before because I can go back to Hulu and watch Letterkenny. Mm -hmm. I cannot go back to Amazon and watch Suits again. I think Suits is supposed to be moving, though, to Netflix. But you always now you always say you getting back to the movie. I always see every month. I always check the bottom of the max. See what's, what's leaving. Yeah. At the end of the month, and that's pretty good. They give you a good list. Like oh oh all right they had this here. Oh they got this dirty Harry. I didn't see this. Oh they have this old one with with Gene Kelly. Then you you look at it like okay, and then you see how much time he got there. Yeah, but sometimes there's not enough time. No. And that's the shame. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the problem with streaming. Because you know what? Maybe it might remind you of something, but if you can't watch it, you still can't watch it. So if you still have physical media of it, even better. I mean, I have over a thousand DVDs. And that was a running tally that I actually sat there, wrote everything down, separated by genre, alphabetical order. Currently, the boxes I have aren't in alphabetical order completely, but I have binders because I needed to save space. So the binders really did help, but there are certain ones I don't want to lose the boxes of. Yeah. So it really is something that it's like, I do feel like physical media was something that we're losing out on. And hell, it's like I I talked about it with Doug. You know, it it would be cool to see, like, some of these shows that are only on the streaming platforms, you're able to buy them in a box that looks like an old VHS tape. I had mentioned, like, Stranger Things, but, you know, when you think about it, you look back, it's like, what what would be something that a movie nowadays that you would want to see, like, that would look like an old classic, like, VHS box? That's a good question. I'm trying to think stuff I've stuff I've seen lately. Yeah, I mean everything is a lot lot going through. Like something that I think would be kind of cool to see in like a box that has the box art for like an, an old VHS. I would have to say like not for nothing, like bring like showing some of the stuff that we've seen in the past like nowadays. Give me like Bumblebee. 
since Bumblebee took place in the 80s, 80s. I think that would make a cool looking, like, have a DVD case that looks like a VHS yeah. box art. Even the, what is it? The Fablemans. Have that in some kind of, like, a, whether it's a high eight movie, um, camera case or an old movie reel, have it in that. Yeah, I mean, let's face it, there was a lot of, like, the old DVD box art and stuff mm-hmm. that was really cool. And, you, yeah, every now and then they re-release it, give you something different for different variant box art. And I'm pretty sure you and I both know people who bought some of them just because they wanted the different box art. It's like the, what do you call It's like you the, uh, the, the figures, the yep. action figures, the droids. There was four different variants of the original droid from the Phantom Menace. Yep. There was two different varieties of Darth Maul, Qui-Gon, and Obi-Wan. And I think even Anakin because they gave them all the cloaks. Yeah. So they they had several different variations. I mean, collectors remember like their figures. Figures they look for the variant. They look for something that's slightly off or slightly different from all the other packaging. And I mean, it's something to do. It's you know, it's not something that's hurting anyone. It actually was making money. I mean, I feel bad that nowadays there aren't toys the way there used to be. I mean, let's let's be honest here. We have toys collectors that they're making figures and stuff more for a collector's market than they are for kids to actually play with. Because kids are playing more with, they're looking at a screen. The, ge- the generations have become from using their imagination and having toys and very minimalist things to do to now it's all on a screen. They've got a screen in front of them almost every single point in the day. Now, granted, it's great if someone wants to listen to the Goonslayer podcast on Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes, watches on YouTube. You know, these are things that it's perfect for people to watch on the go. But at the same time, there is still a lacking for the creativity for younger kids to be able to sit down and have like an old He-Man figure and like some smaller G.I. Joes and like, Come up with a story of your own of how these characters are interacting. Have you seen the new G.I. Joes? No, I have not. Have you seen the new McFarlane figures? Yes. Just picture them like that now. Picture them, Tomax and Zayma, in that form. Yeah, they're they're getting very creative with the collector's market figures. Now, because here's the thing. Marvel, again, has... I forgot which company's releasing it. But they're releasing small superheroes again, the size of the old Star Wars figures and all. Moon Knight. They got Cyclops. They got the Wolverine. All these old figures that they had the Secret Wars. But now here's a funny thing. Do you remember Iron Man 3? Yep. Do you remember all the armors he had? Oh, yeah. Almost almost a precursor to what we're going to get for the Armor Wars. Well, here's a funny thing. Is a funny tidbit. Yeah, yeah. We got a funny tidbit here. Thank you, Cliff Clavin, for coming into play on that. <laughs> you can get almost seven-eighths of those Iron Man armors. Do you remember the cartoon? Yep. 
they sold every one of those almonds before this. The oh, only yeah. The one you got to buy now is Hulkbuster. Hulkbuster. I mean, they had one which was almost similar to a Hulkbuster. Looked like Nimrod. But that one would probably be a gem to find. Yeah. But these are all the Arctic one, the going into the third world, going into yeah. the multiverse. Yeah, there's all that one. so many different armors. I mean, the Armor War show should be very interesting when that does drop. I mean, we know Loki Season 2 is going to be, what is that? I believe that's the next one coming yeah. on to Secret Disney+. Secret Invasion is first. Really? They're getting Secret Invasion before Loki? To... Yeah. That, that that could be a little interesting. You know what? I'm interested to seeing see it because, you know what? I know Amelia Clark is going to be in there. Mm-hmm. I've always been a huge fan of hers. She, like, very underrated. And, I mean, like, seeing what they're going to do, seeing Samuel Jackson, I think, is coming back for this mm-hmm. one. I mean, I think I saw an article, though, that I think they were retiring a Marvel-like hero, and I think it was Nick Fury. But I think it was white Nick Fury. Oh, yes. At least that was what it looked like for the article. I can't really remember it off the top of my head, but it was like they... Oh, no, no, no. You know who they're retiring? Who? You would not believe this. Who? The Punisher. No, that makes sense. Yeah. They... There's been a lot of controversy when it come, came to the Punisher, and it wasn't even about the character of the Punisher. It was about the logo. Yeah. You know, I try not to get too political on the show, but a lot of people have adopted the Punisher skull, and it was at first it was being adopted by military, mm-hmm. and but now it's being uh, kind of co-opted by like these groups that... I don't want to even give any credence to, mm-hmm. but they are not on the right side of no. people in general. They're more for these militias restricting mm-hmm. people's rights, and they've changed his symbol over now. They gave him, what was it, kind of like a, almost like an Oni samurai kind of like mm-hmm. demon skull for like the Oni yeah. masks. Yeah, so I mean, it's definitely a change up from what we're used to. And a lot more difficult to draw for those of us who were spent years practicing drawing the Punisher skull. But, oof. you know, I can understand why taking him out of circulation yeah, for now. I've seen it on the Microsoft news that they were going to retire. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, I knew they were retiring a character, so thank you for the correction. Yeah. It just happens to be one of those things where it's like, I understand why they would want to do it just to also, like, kind of take away some of the stigma and I mean they could retool them it's not like we won't have like you could still watch the Punisher series on Disney Plus that was from Netflix I don't Mm -hmm. know if they edited things down or not but that was only two seasons I would hope they would bring Barenthal back if they're gonna bring him in to the cinematic universe I hope they do because I heard uh I was just thinking when you said that it wasn't him it's Frank Grillo James Gunn signs him with yep. DC yeah. to play Flag. Yeah, this is going to be one of those interesting things now because, and shift gears a little bit over, because now with the casting, James Gunn now being in charge of Warner Brothers DC content, or at least a co-head, it's one of those moments where we're going to be sitting there and we're going to start seeing people that worked with Gunn before 
are now going to be switching oh. over. I what was it? We've already kind of seen it already, where we had Nathan Fillion was in Gar the first Guardians. I think he was in the second one too, if I'm not mistaken. I think so and the third one. Yeah, uh, but he does show up in the Suicide Squad movie directed by James uh -huh. Gunn. So it should be very interesting to see where that all goes, especially as a ca from a casting standpoint. Now you saw his opening address and everything to address to address him coming in as the top top guy. Yeah. Everything he makes if it's animated, they will the voices will be the same people that are in the live action. Yeah. Now, so that only bothers me a little bit because that almost takes away from the voice actors. Because you could be using somebody who isn't a voice talent, they're an on-screen talent, and now, okay, yes, they. I'm not going to say they don't deserve to work, but there are some amazing voice talents. And, I mean, if we look back, you know, just think about Batman the Animated Series, the mm -hmm. late, great Kevin Conroy, Kevin Conroy as Batman. Like, we got to see him live action in the Crisis event for this the Arrowverse, but at the same time... It was, he was never meant to be the guy on camera playing okay. Batman. I mean, when you looked at Kevin Conroy, his voice was Batman. Physically, I thought he kind of looked like a Clark Kent. But that's, that was me. But it's like, he didn't really come off physically, but he had the voice and the persona that really carried it. And I mean, it'll be interesting to see the, from a, the, like the casting, but... I feel like this hurts some of the voice actors who this is what they do. Yeah. This is what Casey Kasem, this is what Frank Welker, this is their bread and butter. Yeah. But, I mean, you see where Frank Welker is now. He's doing the live action Transformers. Yeah, but Frank but Welker, Frank Welker's also still in tons of cartoons. Yeah. The Scooby-Doo stuff. He's been Fred, you know, for the... Longest time, and I mean, he still, and I believe he also does Scooby as well. Yeah. So we've gotten plenty of iterations with Frank Welker. Welker and Peter Cullen, these guys are, I will say, a literal part of my childhood because they were the influences. You heard their voices on just about every cartoon. It's like people didn't realize that unless you watch Star Wars, you didn't know that. Mark Hamill not only was the Joker, but he was Luke Skywalker. And you also may not realize, if you didn't see the Flash series from 1990, that he was the trickster. Yep. And he came back to be the trickster on Justice League Unlimited. Yeah. And then w went on to come back for the CW's Arrowverse for the Flash as another version of the trickster. So, I mean, it's one of those things where some actors can keep going with parts... But Mark Hamill's one of those guys that he can kind of fit the bill. He does both, but he's a prolific mm -hmm. voice actor. Yeah. His voice acting resume is highly impressive. But at the same time, when you take somebody like, I'm trying to think, um, like a current voice actor, you know, there's there are so many that come to mind, and it's so difficult for me to really narrow it down. But Billy West, Billy West does so many different voices. 
and his acting is amazing. I mean, who else but Billy West could have made you really feel for Philip J. Fry throughout all of Futurama? But yeah. he wasn't just Philip J. Fry. He was Professor Farnsworth. He was all, what was it, um, uh, Zoidberg. He, and then we can't forget Zap Brannigan, as well as so many other characters on the show. So having voice actors being the also face, you know, Billy West doesn't look like you would see him being like Philip J. Fry. But he can sound like a kid. I mean, he was Doug in the Doug cartoon from Nickelodeon slash Disney. Uh, yes, Doug. Yeah, so he's been around for quite a while. He was Ren and Stimpy. You know, I, I know he did one of the voices, but then he went on. When they brought, tried to bring it back, he was both. So Remember, Ren and Stimpy was not supposed to be the cult phenomenon that it became today. Yeah, well, it, there's also a documentary about it, so... I don't want to get too much into Ren I mean, and Stimpy because of the creator. I mean, you, all, you I don't know if people realize, it was supposed to be called, it was supposed to be Doug, Rugrats, and Milk and Cheese. Yep. But that one, Milk and Cheese didn't really work. No. They went with, they went with Ren and Stimpy, which to this day still works. But Ren and Stimpy also made it more when they got put onto SNCC. You know, that they added the animation like half hour on Saturday nights on Nickelodeon, their snick block. And, I mean, you know what? Using that as a bounce back point to where we were before when it came to like the sitcoms and everything, that's something that we're missing out on. You know, Friday nights were TGIF. You know, you had like Nickelodeon had their snick. So you had like the hours. Cartoon Network had like their weekend tsunami block. TVs. There was the must see TV. Every network had like certain days blocked off where these were shows you have to sit down and watch. It wasn't that you could stream them the next day. It wasn't that you had like you had another option. You could maybe throw in a tape in the VCR, record it, but it wasn't going to be the same as if you went out and you missed it. These were things you went back and I mean you can even say it like Lost was kind of like towards the end of it where it was the water cooler shows. Week yeah. to week, they come out and you're able to talk about them. And you had time to digest the episodes. The Office, Lost, Survivor, all the new reality shows. Are the same <laughs> Sorry, when, once you start saying reality shows, one, it's not reality, and two, I... I know, it's all drama. People don't realize that. Yeah. It's all drama, and I've heard this even through people that have been on these shows. Oh, yeah. That they tape. People think, oh, this really happened. Somebody and a couple of people have told me, no, not really. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's not only that, but also then you're kind of also sitting there and you realize, but it's like this is all staged. There's a lot of things that are going on to create the drama. I mean... Reality TV shows started in the 90s, really, when they started off with MTV's Real World. Real World. The Real World, moving on from there, they kind of went to Jersey Shore. Mm -hmm. And it was like Jersey Shore wasn't as staged. Road Rules. Yeah, Road Rules. MTV really started it off, but we saw a major boon in reality television during the previous writer strike. Yeah. And, you know, it 
it all keeps coming back to that writer's strike. You know, this episode may feel like we're going around in circle. But it's a good circle, so you yeah. always check. Yeah. It always ends up there. It's you, like on Staten Island. You know, it's like you always go back to that same person. No. Let's not and say that we didn't. <laughs> I, I will say, and I, I am very proud of this fact, that an ex of mine from this island I have not seen nor heard from in over 10 years. I'm going to say a, it's probably been tw- about 12, 13 years. So it, That is a great thing. Yeah. <laughs> so it's one of those moments where it's like, you know, uh, yes. but there are plenty of people. Uh, everyone so- likes to say Staten Island is so small. Everyone knows everyone and everyone knows everyone else's business. I, I like to be able to keep my, to myself and not be involved in that. I'd rather take a look at the larger world that, as a whole. And that's one of the reasons why like, I wanted to do the podcast. Because it was taking a look at the... like One key aspect is like what's going on in entertainment. And how that's all affecting us. I mean, the writer strike is something that definitely affects how things have been. And I mean, I don't need more reality TV. I don't understand this Vanderplump rules or whatever it is. This Vander Vander Hoosies. The Real Housewives of Who Cares where you what city are in. Yeah, I mean, there were some reality shows that I will say I did get invested in, and I mean, some of them were because they were on Staten Island, like Mob Wives. Oh uh, yes, that was one I got invested in, and I will say one of my previous jobs when I bumped into a lot of that cast, they were coming into Staten Island. I got to see them. And it, I didn't make a big deal out of it because they are just people. But at the same time, it's like I was paying attention to the show. I was enjoying what was going on, you know. But I also know there is that level where they got to amp certain things up to make it oh. more entertaining for everyone to watch. I cracked up where, okay, even on Big Angie's show, I knew who one of her photographers was. I knew the place where she couple of bartenders and DJs with, that were worked at the Funky Monkey. Drunken Monkey. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's the Funky Monkey now. Now it's the Funky, Funky Monkey. monkey. <laughs> but if And if anyone is interested, yes, on, what is it, Forest Avenue? Yeah. Forest Avenue, there is a bar called the Funky, Funky monkey, monkey that used to be the Drunken Monkey. Yep. You know, um, not really where I'm going to hang out, but that's also because... I'm not much of a drinker. I'm honest about that. I like maybe socially one one drink here and there, but it's not like I'm not somebody who drinks. But it if you want to come and check it out and a piece of Staten Island history, knowing that it was Big Ange's place, it had been on the show and it also been on Mob Wives. Check it out. Heck, you can even see you drive up further. You see Big Ange's mural. Yeah. It's on a wall. Exactly, and that's the thing, you know. There's a lot of great stuff on Staten Island that most people don't realize. You know, a lot of people crap on the island. It's the forgotten borough. It really is. I mean, if, and I'm going to bring this to video games before we wrap it up. You All know, right if you remember ahead. Grand Theft Auto, what was it, Liberty City? Yes. Liberty City went and it was supposed to be New York. What borough could you not get to? Staten Island. Island. It didn't fucking exist. It was like, if you went further, you were going into Jersey. I'm like, ugh. And it feels bad because there's a lot of cool stuff 
that's come from Staten Island. I mean, let's just be real for a minute. We wouldn't have the Wu-Tang Clan if it wasn't for Staten Island. Nope. So, I mean, right then and there, Wu-Tang Clan alone should be a saving grace for this island. Wait, there's more. Oh, there's more? Alyssa Milano. That's right. Yep. I, went to, I went to school with Alyssa Milano. I know who, as she was known, it's funny you mentioned, Lucifina. I was in Ramona's 8th grade class. I know Ramona. And <laughs> there was a guy, Derek, that was breaking up the fight in one of the episodes. He's from Ton- He used to go to Tonville High School. This guy, PJ, that was in my cousin's band. He fixed the lock, one of the locks on. Yep. On- See, there, there's connections everywhere. Yeah. I mean, the island is connected. The only thing that really makes this island terrible at this point, in my opinion, is damn turkeys. No, it's the deer. No, it's the turkeys. Oh, no, here we go. Bugs Bunny. No, liter- <laughs> literally, it's turkey season. No, no, it's Canadian geese pooping season. That's who started it all. The Canadian geese started it, but when the College of Staten Island got, like, the, the bird dogs to run around and chase the chase off the geese, mm-hmm. not as bad. It, it You know, it's the population's a little more under control, and they did it humanely. But the deer come across the bridge. It happens, you know. But I can avoid a deer. It's the turkeys that people think, oh, they're just birds. No, these are vicious animals that they will claw you. You cannot approach them. You don't want to feed them. It's like they're everywhere. And you will literally get a fine if you shoo them off your car. And I'll tell this story real quick before, just to wrap it up. But one of my old managers, well, assistant manager, then he eventually became my manager. But he went and he was living over down by Bay Street area that, you know, we got all the turkeys over by Seaview Hospital, Uh you know, for those who don't know. But as like he went, he had to get to work. There are turkeys all over his car because he's in that area. Tries to, he, It's like he shoes the turkey off of his car. Guy comes across the street and from the wildlife people and gives him a summons to go to court. And he's like, I have to go to work. What am I supposed to do? It's like, you're not supposed to, like, you can't do anything to the birds. They're protected. It's like, are you serious? What am I supposed to tell my boss that I have to go to work and I got to wait for a turkey to get off my car? And he's 100% right. But the guy was like, I'll see you in court. It's like, you have nothing better to do. And that's the thing. It's like, the turkeys are a menace only because of the fact that it's like they're everywhere, they're breeding out of control, and it's a wild turkey. It's not like they're an endangered species. Although if they did show up in certain areas of the island, uh, they wouldn't have turkeys over there. Uh, no, we're just going to leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so with that being said, I want to thank everyone for tuning in for this highly anticipated episode of having Jimmy back with us in the lair. It's Jimmy the sequel. <laughs> That's right. Thank you. Thank you for coming. Now, with that being said, Jimmy, how can anybody get in touch with you if they want to get in touch with you? You can get in touch with me on Facebook. Instagram, and yeah, that's about it. <laughs> and how would they get in touch with you there? You can get in touch with James A. Haynes IV on Facebook. 
James H. the Fourth on Instagram. There you go. So anybody wants, or you can just send us an email at dragoonslayerpodcast at gmail.com. That's dragoonslayerpodcast, all one word. Dragoon is spelled with two O's. That's dragoonslayerpodcast at gmail.com. You can send us an email, and I'll pass, I will gladly pass that along to Jimmy. So if you have any interest in having Jimmy as a temporary co-host for your show or as a shill for any product you want, let us know, and we will pass that message off to Jimmy. I am... The Blue Dragoon 13. You can find me at Blue Dragoon 13 on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Twitch. And from Twitch, you can find the link to the Discord page where you can find me there. You can check out my Spotify page where you can listen to the Dragoon's Lair podcast and see the video episodes. Because I think from now on, I'm going to be doing these video episodes are going to get posted on Spotify. So everywhere else, iHeartRadio, iTunes, you'll be able to hear us. But if you want to see us before we go to YouTube, check out Spotify and check out the Dragoon's Lair podcast there. And I know you're listening to us. So why am I telling you that? Because it's there to help you spread the word, be part of the Dragoonie army. We love you guys. And yeah, 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 this yeah. is everyone's favorite podcast. So we want you guys to spread the word. Make sure everyone knows about the Dragoon's Lair podcast. Everybody. That's right, folks. And we are here to entertain each and every one of you. And I, Daniel the Dragon, the Blue Dragoon himself, would like to just say, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Now get out. Uh...